Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I think it's important for us to remember that part of a healthy relationship is about allowing each other to influence one another. That is what a relationship is. Right. Because I was just going to say, don't assume how your partner is going to react. Yes, he's defensive, and maybe he might be defensive back, but don't jump to that conclusion either. Mm. Right. Particularly if you use some of these strategies and come in a little softer, use fact and feeling, you know, versus the reaction piece, you might be surprised, right? I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. It's the holiday season, and maybe you've already started your Christmas list or decorating. I'm sure you are planning those meals and get-togethers. Greg and I just got our Christmas tree today, which is so exciting. But there's also something else that comes up around this time, which is having to navigate those difficult conversations and situations with family members. Or just simply avoiding them. Or wouldn't that be nice if we could just simply avoid them? But the reality is we don't always get to. We shouldn't, but some of us might try. Some of us might try. Absolutely. So today we are jumping into one of your questions. And I am so excited to do this episode. It is one of the first of our series of many to come. We're calling this the Dear Dr. Tracy episode where you send in your questions. So if you have a question for me, make sure you submit it on my website. It's drtracyd.com forward slash podcast for a chance for us to jump into it here. I think we're going to have so much fun with this segment, Greg, don't you think? Uh, fun and hopefully some realistic uh, things that some of the people can use uh, in the season. Oh, this one, definitely, because the questions are just flowing in around dealing with our mother-in-laws. Yeah, let's call it what it is. It's mother-in-law, but I think it could be extended to challenging family members. It might not always be the mother-in-law, but it probably is going to be the mother-in-law. Yes, it's a, it's a difficult and complex relationship for many. Okay, let's go into the question. So, Dr. Tracy, this is from one of your listeners. How can I, in a healthy way, encourage my husband to confront the behaviors of his parents that negatively impact our family as a unit and me as an individual? Instead of him responding to me defensively and not saying anything to his mom, I think because he tends to be the avoidant one. 
Yeah. And so when I got this question in, I asked this individual to provide me some examples. So I knew what I was working with. So it sounds like anytime this follower, they just had a baby. Um, and anytime this follower shares a complaint with her husband, sounds like a complaint. I'm not there for sure. I don't think that she's criticizing his mom, but what ends up happening is he gets defensive as if she is attacking her. And I think even right there, that is an important piece for us to differentiate is that when you are trying to communicate with your partner, complaints are okay. Complaints are this house is messy. She left the garbage on the floor, right? Like though, though it's not really criticism. Criticism is she never does anything when she's here. She always makes it about herself, right? Mm -hmm. Criticism is the attacking of the person's characteristics and traits. Right. Versus facts of physical things or actions that actually happen. Right. And and I think that even just before we get jump into this more, and I think the reason why this is so important to differentiate is because when you are being criticized, or if his mom is indeed being criticized, it does make sense to be defensive. And so when it comes to addressing any issues with your partner's family, you want to make sure you're not criticizing them, name calling them, or being denigrating towards them, right? Right. Like a basic level of respect. And I I think that's what she's saying she's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would agree? Yeah, I mean, based on the context we have, yes. Right. And let's move forward in that context, because really this is, in a way, not as important to this specific example, but how can your community learn from this example and layer it into some of the challenges that they face? Yeah. So the other piece here is it sounds like the mother-in-law does some things or makes some comments. And so this follower specifically has an autoimmune disorder and needs to eat specific things, especially while breastfeeding. And while her husband makes a joke about taking the food and knowing to not really eat it, I guess her mother-in-law, so his mom says, how ungracious, I can't imagine not sharing my food. So makes this passive aggressive comment, right? Right. And I think even right there, what's important to acknowledge too is someone else else's communication pattern is not always something I say not always because we could give feedback but it's not something we can always control you virtually can't control it but it's how you deal with it I suppose yeah right and also too I think sometimes what I end up talking to with a lot of people is recognizing that while you might be attuned to passive aggressive comments from your mother-in-law your partner might actually not see it that way That might be because they're desensitized to it, because they've been dealing with it lifelong, because it's so true. Right. And that I think is such an important piece for us to acknowledge is that your partner might have intentionally made that decision already. It's not helpful to go to mom and say, Mom, stop guilt tripping me. Or they just that's my mom. Oh, mom. Oh. Again, it's been their whole life potentially. So they just it almost doesn't land anymore. Right. They just kind of have blinders on potentially. Right. Okay. So I'm thinking of this though, then, because I, I know then what the issue is there is what's the line then to say something? If your mom is making a passive aggressive comment, like, you know, how ungracious, like I could feel that, like that would be a kind of kick to the stomach in some way. Well, yeah, I think you're going to answer this because she's asking you, what does help look like? What is healthy? And how to break these weird generational things, which I think is a huge part of this. Think of the passive aggressive stuff. Think of the guilt tripping. The guilt tripping. I mean, not to paint a broad stroke to every boomer, but I think it comes with the territory a little bit. 
And for good reason, because they experience that in their familial dynamic and recognizing that with the information available for us today, we are learning much more about what it means to communicate in an assertive way. So how do we actually respond to those guilt trip or passive aggressive comments? In the moment, it can be really hard, but, and I know we have to go back and speak to her husband's defensiveness. We will get there, but just as we're at this moment, I'm going to detour into this. But I, I think something that can be helpful for you, if it's you dealing with your family member or for your husband, is to have some phrases in their mind already ready for that moment. Here's something that we know about our families. They're pretty predictable. Right. Behavior is predictable. Right. We can't show up to the holiday event hoping that finally mom is no longer going to be passive aggressive. Probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Not that it won't happen, but I think what you're saying is there's a pattern. We know it. So let's think about it and be prepared. Right. Not to assume it's going to happen a Mm -hmm. lot or even often, but Mm -hmm. to kind of be ready. So if your partner is on board with you and recognizes that, yes, there are these comments that my mother makes that are really hard, what can we say in response to that? You might ask the question like, is that what you're intending to share? Or what are you trying to say in this moment? Or you might even say like, I think you're saying that doesn't work for you, but that doesn't mean it's ungracious, right? Like you're kind of modeling in a way back. And what you're doing there in that moment that I think is really important is you're not accusing them in some way, because that's just going to escalate into more conflict. And so I think one element in this conflict is recognizing that we might not be able to change the pattern that your mother-in-law communicates in, but you can learn how to respond to it in a way that feels good for you and protects you and your family. Right. I think we've talked about this before too, but you're reflecting back to your mother-in-law in this case, which also gives you time. So you're then not having this reaction, action, reaction, which we know can be not productive, right? So if passive aggressive comes in, it's easy to come back firm. This strategy or this way of handling it can just kind of take the temperature down a little bit. It's not an admission that, you know, what she's saying is correct. It's just, again, giving yourself some time to come back. And I think the reflection piece, it helps you get clarity too, I think. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be 
be going to. That's zocdoc.com slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's shrink, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. That comes back to something that I think is really important when it comes to these family events, which is come back to your values and what's the reason why you're there. And is it because you have an expectation that you and your mother-in-law are going to develop a deep relationship? Um, Or is it about acknowledging that your mother-in-law is a certain way and that you can develop a relationship that aligns with what's important to you, which might be because the kids are here and we want her to be part of the kids' lives and the kids to know their extended family. There's something else that came up in that question there where she had said, I don't want to be viewed as the ungrateful daughter-in-law. Mm. 
And this was around dig a, into that. A, a little bit more. There's a lot to dig in there, isn't there? This is around um, the context where she had asked her mother-in-law not to throw away something. Her mother-in-law did. She's upset about it. Like, it's not that she wants to be ungrateful for the help that's being right. offered. Right. But it's tricky, right? Because what one person deems as helpful to you does not necessarily mean that it's the help that you want. Right. In the same breath, that we shouldn't have to just accept the help that is being given when it doesn't work for us. So what should she have done in that moment? So in this example, she articulates to the mother-in-law that she wants to be able to find stuff after I think in this example. So what could she have done or done differently that might nip that in the bud? So she doesn't come back and shit's thrown again. Right. So just more context there is that our listener told us that her mother-in-law moved things and threw things out without her knowing so that's a bit tricky because you go back to it and bring it up to her and then she gets defensive. No, but I think, and maybe we didn't flush this out, I think she had said, please don't do that. I don't want to end up not being able to find it. So is that statement okay? And then that's on the mother-in-law because she didn't listen or is there something she could have done differently there just to be more clear without sounding ungrateful, which is, I think, her concern in this right, instance. Right, right. Okay, let's tease out that ungratefulness. I don't think there's anything wrong with how she stated that. Please don't do that. I want to, right? She expressed what it is, but it's almost like there was a, a challenge in comprehension and understanding what was being asked. And that could be one piece of that. So The mother-in-law was challenged. The mother-in-law didn't understand right. or didn't listen or didn't remember yeah. all of those things. And that one's really hard because I know I have worked with so many people who have said they ate my nursing cookies that were in my freezer or they got rid of the baby's clothes that I didn't want to get rid of at those times. So it's that balance of, you know, do I have to watch them like a hawk when they're there? How do you do that when you're trying to ask for help? You know, you're nursing your baby and they're trying to help out and support you. How do you do that? So, I mean, in some way, if there is something that's really special, do we get to label it? But if labeling doesn't work, do we then have our partners step in? Yeah, that is where our partners need to step in. Yeah. Hey, mom, you know, we've got some special cookies in the freezer. They are Tracy's. You can't eat them. Right. And I think that also comes with a follow-up though. And I'm specifically speaking to him being able to do that piece, which is he needs to be able to say, mom, I told you, or Tracy told you not to eat the cookies. I've noticed you've been eating the cookies. Stop eating the cookies. Right? Like it's just so clear. Right. So then let's go to this ungrateful piece. Ultimately, you don't get to control how she's going to view you. Right. And you having boundaries and needs and wishes are, is nothing about you being grateful or not or gracious or not. And we do need to tease apart this desire to be the good girl, to be the people pleaser, to be the caring, perfect image of whatever that is, which also means we have to look at our own expectations of what we had hoped for in this relationship. Yeah. And I think this example is a really prime example of kind of some of the generational challenges like that sounds like the gratefulness piece mm. feels like you know someone who's a bit older maybe a bit more formal in their approach you know prioritizing feelings over reality maybe 
I remember kind of noticing this generational change too, where for many of our parents, when I have asked people, they have said that they've had no conflict with their in-laws or with their parents. And so that does even suggest that like, even as an adult, even when I have my own kids, I still view my parents as knowing the best, perhaps, Mm -hmm. right? Or wanting to still please them or be good. And I really believe that our generation is much different in that way. Doesn't make our generation wrong or combative or more defensive or argumentative. Mm -hmm. It means we are stepping outside of these roles that really don't serve us. There's a reason you're on today's podcast, because you are my expert in defensiveness. Oh, I thought you were going to say professional avoider, but I guess they're hand in hand, right? (laughs) We can put them both in there. (laughs) So I'm kidding. Let's talk a little bit more about this defensiveness, because I think we need to understand what's happening for her husband. Right. What what do you want to say to that kind of piece of feeling defensive? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this quite a bit, thinking about this chat we're going to have. A few things come to mind, because listen, I've been... And still, to a degree, am there in this space often. I think partly there is an element of like, I don't know if it's like instinctual wanting to protect our nuclear family. Like, I don't know if that's just like some male genetics, like I'm kind of talking out of turn here, but I wonder if there's a piece of that. I think there's just a lack of willing to get uncomfortable. I think there's this idea of like not wanting to ruffle feathers, you know, particularly around the holiday season, right? So I think when you have people coming together, I mean, it's an even harder time to maybe get into some of this stuff. So um, because you're, you're, you're also fighting tradition, right? So these are family traditions that happen every year. So, um, so I think a lot of it just probably comes down to not wanting to be uncomfortable, a lot of avoidance, maybe. And then maybe on some level, there's a bit of ego too. Like, you know, if in this instance, if the husband grew up this way, you know, this is how it is. There's nothing, there's nothing really wrong or different. Um, but it's, you know, maybe he's not able to shift into the priority of kind of the air quotes new family. Yeah, right. So leaving your first family, your right. family of origin, yeah. and then entering into your family. And I think this is something really important for us because you know, and and you and I had many conversations around this in our own journey around what it meant to start prioritizing us as a family. And I think that is fair to say that even if you don't have children, you're allowed to prioritize the two of you. You are now each other's family. You are taking the stuff that you want to pass on and continue forward and then go into your own family. And then also, I know that really rings true for people who have their first child, second, and so on. you had said there's like this wanting to honor the tradition in some way. And I really, I think back to Lydia and Sam in my book, how Sam really struggled to build that sense of differentiation from his mom. And it was really tied into his upbringing. Right. And I think there is a societal and cultural rooting in that. And I can't remember if this story was taken out of the book, but it's one of my favorite ones. I will never forget seeing the Facebook post shared. It's a viral post and it's a mom holding a cake saying, congratulations on your first, I hate you or your first like F off. And it was for her daughter. She got her daughter a cake. And so there is this cultural acceptance that you're going to have the angry teenage girl. The girl is going to come and say, I hate you. And right. 
buckle up. Right. But I think for many men, they for, for boys, we know that they're socialized to stuff their emotions and their needs away. And so building that sense of separation from their family tends to happen much later. I don't have this from research. This is my clinical experience within the last almost two decades of working with men, which is that the challenges in our families don't tend to start to really come up for men until, and the age group that I've seen is like, mid to late 30s right often after they're married yeah and, and after so much child. and i think that's really hard right because so in our experience for me i and i remember i having said that to you many times too is i'm already setting these boundaries with my family i already do this with my family even if you don't see me doing it it's something that i've been doing for a really long time and just to add to the question here as well is that this listener had said that her wanting to have boundaries with their family is not only about the mother-in-law because that's actually something she's working on with her own mother as well. Right. And her husband even joins in on helping to set those boundaries with her mom. Right. But then just gets into this very defensive space yeah. with his mom. Yeah, that's interesting because one of the strategies I thought about is like, can she go to him and say, listen, it's not just your mom. It's my mom too. It's my extended family. So how can we come up with a strategy to kind of nip this in the bud for both? But it sounds like he's already involved dealing with her family. But that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then you and I had also talked about that experience for him where this is not necessarily what she's trying to do, but where he spirals into is feeling attacked and maybe even a sense of shame in some way. Probably. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I mean, it comes back to there's something. I don't know if it's the ego or, or what. Just like, it almost feels like you're attacking me and my the manliness, the ego, the like, that's what I'm trying to get. I'm not being very succinct about it, but like that family of origin and like, it's almost like coming at not just my mom, but you know, the name. Right. And then you layer in the tradition of the holiday season and it just, it gets messy quickly, but. Can I try to clarify that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you, cause you and I have talked about this is that it's almost like if there's something quote unquote bad about my family, then it's quote unquote bad about me, or I may be embarrassed or shameful about that. Totally. Right. And so then it is that. So, okay, my clinical language is it's the fusion of the identity and it's not having differentiated from family members, right? right yeah. So not you, Greg, no, no, in, in this example, right? So why do we get defensive? Defensiveness is there to protect ourselves. We protect ourselves because deep down and underneath, there is this sense of, am I unworthy? Is there something awful and bad about me, about my family? And it's so hard for me to even see that separation between that. So I think there is even something... That when we're having regular conversations, I think it's so important for us to acknowledge, like, you are not your family. Your family is who they are, and you can love and accept them and still not like the things that they do. And that's kind of that. This is the the juxtaposition, the holding two opposite things to be true, right? Yeah. That you are not your family is, like, it sounds almost negative at first, but, and it's probably going to take people a while to get there. but if you can kind of sink into that and that helps create that differentiation, I think that can be really, really helpful. And I think in this case for this guy, something like that, you know, maybe if that's like a mantra or something he can say to himself, that might be really helpful. It's not that his parents are doing anything wrong. 
she's not being critical of him, but you know, what can they do differently? Okay, so if by chance your husband jumps on board and listens to this episode, this is for him right here. When your wife comes to you, and this is for anyone who gets defensive, when your partner comes to you and you get, you, you kind of feel that defensiveness, first, you have to become aware of what that actually feels like for you. Is it like something in your jaw? Is there a tension? Is it like something in your belly? Is it your shoulders up, right? Just becoming aware of like that, like, grasping or something, right? This tension. And, and then in that, that's the cue to you then to take a slow breath and to say something in your mind. And you could say something like, we're on the same team. Um, you could say something like, we are going to work through this together, or this is her concern. I can hear this. This isn't about me. There's just got to be something in there to help you be able to hear your partner's concern. This doesn't mean that your partner gets to come to you and be like, your mother did this, your mother did that, da 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 da. Right. right? That's important to clarify because I can just 100%. imagine some dude listening, like, oh, fuck that. No, right? no, we don't want that. Right. And, and so then that I think is the other thing too. Um, let's just do that piece right here though, is that your partner can't be your venting bag or your venting support bag or venting punching bag, whatever the image is there, right? In the sense that it's okay if you need to vent about the experiences of your interactions with another person, but because they are the mother of your partner, you've got to do that with someone else. That's a good idea. You know, so if your mother-in-law is staying with you, she goes to bed, you get into bed with your husband and you're like, oh, your mother and da, da, da. And I've given this advice to many people before. That's not the time to do it. No. She's in your house. You're getting through that visit. You're trying to be a cohesive family right now. Mm -hmm. Text your friend. Yeah. Write it in a notepad. Yeah. Send a voice note to your bestie. Pick your battles. Right. Pick your battles. Pick your timing. Right. Yeah. It's not to say you're not going to tell your partner the concerns you have that something happened with right. your mother-in-law, but the nitty gritty stuff of like, oh, can you believe she did that? Mm -hmm. Does nothing. Send that to your girlfriend, right. your, your friend, whatever it is. Sometimes even, so this is her. So she responding to the person who wrote in. So sometimes for you then what's going to be really important as well is taking that step back and maybe writing out the notepad and then seeing what the feelings are, your emotions on all of these events. Ah, oh, she did this. She did, did, did. Okay. You're angry. Ask yourself again, what's the feeling in here? What's this reminding you of? What else is coming up here? So then when you go to your partner, it's not the criticisms or the contempt about his mother-in-law, but more kind of a something to grasp onto, which I think our partners can relate more to. And I know I hear this from people all the time. You are not Dr. Tracy. You don't need to use Dr. Tracy's language. You don't use my language, but find what works for you, which is, you know, there are times where I feel invisible when your mom is here. And like, she can't hear anything that I say. And that is very much an internal experience that perhaps could draw your partner to understand that. Right. And then find a solution. I feel. I feel. Not she did. She did. There was something else in here around how he could respond to her. So let's not skip this piece. We talked about the awareness piece, having something in his mind for the moments where he's feeling defensive. But then for him also, I've been really sinking into this idea. And so this, this showed up, this is just a little bit of a side story. So 
I've noticed that myself and also many of the people I work with will say things like, my child is telling me this. And then I start to ask questions to see if that was really the reality. And I remember one of my friends saying something powerful to me that I really hung on to. And she said, my job, no matter what happens, my job at home is to believe my kids and what's their experience. And I've really been circling around that idea with not only our kids, but also between you and I, that when you come and tell me something that's hard, I'm going to believe you. Right. Because that's like the security between us. Instead of you feeling like you have to up the ante or fight to be heard, always starting in that position of, I believe you, this is hard for you. So that's validation. Right. Because we know that the invalidation just sends you spiraling through that. The, in, um, the invalidation or maybe even the like over-explaining or justifying or deflecting, right? Yeah, well, but just. Right, right. Well, at least this time she didn't throw your stuff out. Right. Right? Like, whew, that doesn't feel good either. Okay. You're our defensiveness expert. I know people appreciate hearing you here on the podcast. How... Do you want to receive information that allows you to be open? Well, you touched on a little bit with timing, um, but expanding on that, I think the timing is really key. Obviously, heat of the moment typically doesn't produce good results. I think the language you use obviously is going to be important. And I'm thinking maybe around a little bit more of a softer startup, um, something along the lines of, you know, in that moment, something that might have really worked for me is XYZ because, you know, again, reiterating the I feel versus she did. So it's it's not the personalization. It's coming back to like what was happening for me. I think for a lot of guys too, like the why is important. It's not just like, I'm frustrated with your mom. She's not doing whatever. She, she's she not doing whatever. Listen. This is the impact on me. Da, 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 da. The trickle down effect is when she did this, it resulted in the baby being fed late, missing a diaper change on time, whatever the case might be. I'm kind of making stuff up on the fly here. but Yeah, um, but that's interesting, though, because I think that's important to understand is that it's not just that I'm annoyed. It's that there was a consequence right. to what happened. Yeah. And there might be a wide range. It might be something small. It might be something big. But if you can kind of bring them in on the why, that wasn't helpful. And again, the tone of your voice, how you communicate, I think is going to be helpful. As um, I scowl at you right now. Exactly, right? <laughs> Versus like the upping the ante, like, the, you know, one-upping each other, whatever the, the phrase is, I mean, doesn't lead to, to good results. And listen, sometimes you might say that to your partner and he's still going to be defensive. And then it's your turn to like sit with that uncomfortableness. Because the reality is, I think I said this to you earlier, I don't think it's realistic for them to just all of a sudden not be defensive. It's like on a continuum, like, can we go from, you know, extremely defensive down into moderately or from moderate down to lower, like be realistic about your expectations. Mm. Yeah. That requires us to bring in compassion, right? This N is this not is easy in the time. Totally not easy. This is, and you know, you and I have been navigating our own communication and navigating conversations with family members for many years now. And, and, you know, our oldest is eight, eight and a half. So it's, it does take time and repetitions. Something else that you and I were talking about earlier today was around 
being able to come to our partners on a different level at a different time. So this would be, I often talk about in the moment and outside of the moment. And outside of the moment, our partners tend to be less defensive and they might be more open. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this is one of our newer lessons inside Be Connected, which is on how to give feedback. And one of the coaching calls I just had recently was around nudging one of our members to have the hard conversation with her husband around in-laws visiting. And at the right time, at the right time. That's exactly what we talked about. So anyways, the lesson on Be Connected gives you step-by-step of how you can go through that because there is a way of giving feedback to somebody. And it's funny actually, because she did end up going, I nudged her again. I said, go and do the hard thing, have the hard conversation, give him a chance. He might respond differently. And when she followed the steps that I gave, it wasn't a different outcome for them, which was, they're doing such great work. It's fantastic. But I think it's important for us to remember that part of a healthy relationship is about allowing each other to influence one another. That is what a relationship is. Right. Because I was just going to say, don't assume how your partner is going to react. Yes, he's defensive. And maybe he might be defensive back, but don't jump to that conclusion either. Mm. Right. Particularly if you use some of these strategies and come in a little softer, use fact and feeling you know, versus the reaction piece, you might be surprised, right? Right, absolutely. Oh, okay, and then build from there. And then also too reminding, when I bring a concern to you about your mother, I'm not saying that there are things that are fundamentally wrong with her. I'm not saying let's get her and exclude her. We're talking about how do we create our family environment to include our extended family members. Yeah, I think it's important, and I don't know if we, to really remove, this is not about their character, their values it's more like tactical stuff Mm -hmm. all right let's finish up with this one more note that was in the question which is how do we break these weird generational things we could probably say that generationally it's the inability to have conversations and work together as a team right i think there's this sense of her mother-in-law doesn't listen sweeps things under the rug makes passive aggressive comments And that's not something you want to continue in your marriage or relationship to then pass down to your child. Right. And so essentially, I think what's important to remember is that we often look upwards to want to change the person above us in our lineage. We need to look within ourselves and how we're going to show up differently. Right. So when she makes a passive aggressive comment, we're not going to reply back with more aggression or passive or guilt tripping comments, right? right? We want to sit in our respectfulness. We want to remain assertive in our boundaries, expressing our needs, what's possible. And remember too, that when it comes to our boundaries, having healthy boundaries, this is the mistake I know many people are making. Healthy boundaries is not about rigidity. It is about the willingness to be flexible based on the situation in front of you the person you are with, the demands of what's going on, the context and what you need in that moment. So later on, there might be times where it doesn't matter if your mother-in-law eats the special cookies in the freezer, you might not say something about it, right? So I think there is this kind of flexibility that's important to be had there. But then the other piece is using some of the things we've talked about here today to be able to say, what do I with my partner want to do differently together and then also with our children yeah i think what you're saying is the generational change is going to happen 
within your couple context, it's not going to happen between you and your parents or his parents, realistically. Mm-hmm. It could change a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think the, the bigger change and the, the thing that you have more ability to change is what's going on in your dynamic. Right. Which is then when he's defensive, do you up the ante? No, you pause the conversation. You come back to at another time. You look at your own communication patterns. You acknowledge what's within your control and what's not. You also find healthy ways to deal with your own anger and frustration, which is not venting it out to your partner. Remembering that that's his mom. And that when it's those annoyances that we all have when it comes, I mean, listen, here's the reality. We're not made to live again Once we are adults with our parents who are also adults, we're not made to live together for weeks and months on end. Mm -hmm. And I know many people do, which just speaks to the need to be able to have really good conflict management tools and strong communication. But acknowledging that you're going to be different people, you're going to annoy each other, just like when you're with a roommate in college, right? right? Or just like with your partner, there are days where you're going to get on each other's nerves and you approach life differently, but perhaps maybe there's wiggle room in there around communication of what it is that we need. Yeah. Cause I don't think we talked about this explicitly, but I think we both recognize there's a huge nuance in context with like the frequency that you might see your in-laws. Mm. How does geography impact this? Do you see them all the time versus once a year? Like there's there's a lot of factors that you have to consider. And all of those things will kind of be inputs into your decision-making process around what's important, what's the battle you want to choose, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm even thinking about how we said earlier that behavior is predictable, which means now that you know how she showed up at this visit, have the conversation with your partner ahead of time around what things you want to make sure you're on the same page and who's going to address what, how you will speak to your mother-in-law, et cetera. All right. Hey, we did our first Dear Dr. Tracy episode together. Yeah. So if you're listening and you have a burning question, send it in because you could be next. I think hearing from the community is really important because it's relatable Um, because we don't always, you, Dr. Tracy, don't always know what's going on for people. And we like to hear real life things. Yes. I love the real life questions that come from you. All right. Don't forget to like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps people find the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you share it on your social media. Be sure to tag me and send me a DM. Let me know what stood out for you today. If you are looking for something to deepen your connection with your partner over the holiday season, be sure to check out my free guide where I give you 100 questions to deepen your connection. You can find all of my free resources on my website at Dr tracyd.com. All right. Until next time, take good care of you and I'll see you next week. Remember this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute the care from a licensed mental health care provider. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.